Hello, everyone. Um, this is the Brownie Points Podcast. I am your host, Terrence Brown. And um, before we get started, I wanted to kind of set the mood for the podcast for today. Uh, I'm going to hit you guys with the love song by Babyface, uh, Nobody Knows But Me. I hope you guys like it. It's a classic song, one of my favorites. For those that are into kind of love ballads and um, R&B, classic R&B, um, that's the song for you. Um, I think it applies for this episode. So this is episode 18. Um, I entitled this episode, um, A Synopsis of Relationships. Um, I think the lyrics are kind of applicable to this and some of the things that we go through in our relationships. So um, it's a good song to kind of start it and set the mood for it. Um Today, I'm not necessarily starting off with a quote. I'm going to actually start out with a bunch of different perspectives on relationships and love and kind of what people see from their vantage point in regards to the relationships and some of the cognition that goes into what we define as relationships or as love or as love in relationships. Um... And that's the thing. Um, we want to be able to kind of discern what we feel and believe relationships to be and how we kind of define them for ourselves in regards to this journey that we all kind of um, allow ourselves to go on to because everybody wants to be in a relationship. Everybody is going to go through different types of relationships. Everybody is going to be in multiple relationships and they don't necessarily have to be relationships um, that are associated with love. They can be platonic relationships. They can be friendships, um, things of that nature. It can be relationships with people you're close to, family members, um, things of that nature um, where you have invested time and emotions and feelings and thoughts into those relationships. So I think it's important to kind of show the different vantage points of that. So this segment, I guess we'll call it, um, I call this segment um, a relationships portrait of perspective. So I'm just gonna hit you guys with a bunch of different things and different perspectives. Um, and these are just things that I came up with um, from one experience, um, two from things that I see out in the world, from things that I've heard, stories that were told to me, stories that I've told others, 
um, and just general philosophies about relationships and love. Um, so I'm going to hit you with a lot of them. So um, just listen in um, and, you know, just kind of meditate on some of these things and maybe some of them apply to you. Maybe some of them don't. Um, maybe something that you've gone through in the past. Maybe it's something that you will go through um, in the near future. Uh, maybe it's something that you want in the relationships that um, you hold dear to you. Um, maybe it's something that you want to work on in regards to the relationships that you're in. Um, regardless of whatever um, you take out of it, um, just understand that these are just different perspectives. And this may or may not reflect what your relationship your relationships are in current so um just kind of giving you that um kind of a a precursor to what's going to be said so here it goes love is a visceral sentiment in reaction to spiritual physiological mental and emotional stimuli that trigger affection of another or towards another Relationships of all kinds are the connectivity of genuine adoration brought about in a lucid unification of feelings, ideas, cognition, communicable likes or dislikes, and affirmation of balance. Affirming love doesn't ensure longevity in a relationship. Longevity through connectedness doesn't mean love will follow. Absolution and understanding guarantees nothing but the comprehension of communication exists, not necessarily in reciprocation. Pacif um, pacifism or submission doesn't alleviate confrontation. Antagonism and manipulation doesn't relinquish the fight in your significant other. It ignites it. Communication is key, but every door that opens to it has an intricate and sensitive turn of that key. Unrequainted love is most prevalent in the relationships that mean the most to us. Being triggered in an argument or quarrel doesn't mean that your significant other has to catch a stray bullet out of, out of spite or out of aggravation. Sustained silence doesn't de-escalate tensions. It heightens the radius of a bigger blow-up. Physical touch, sex, and other forms of external affection doesn't buy time in a dispute. It front loads all of the other unresolved issues when things flare up. Lying or omitting the truth doesn't spare anyone. It only reiterates the um, um, it only reiterates the fragility to criticism and falling short of expectations. Working hard to make a relationship work doesn't reserve acknowledgement that others will work as hard as you. Love can be fickle, especially if the relationship is built on a foundation that is not impervious to being tested. If you seek power in a relationship that is supposed to be about love, then you never sought love, you sought war. In love, communication and, ap um, and empathy are effective but compromise and sacrifice on the side of both individuals alludes to the respect and trust needed for a relationship to succeed. So I kind of got art, kind of art of war type quotes and philosophies and kind of just writing that. And those were things that were just off the top of my head. Um, and it's things that I've 
noticed in relationships and it's things that I've gone through in relationships and it's things and perspectives that I've seen people and witness within relationships as well as um, in my own experience go through. Um, one of the synopsises or the synopsis of a relationship and how we view relationships is that there has to be a there has to be a an equivocal balance between the two individuals or the group of individuals that are engaged in the relationship and i'm going to let you know right now there is no there is no equivocal um symmetry in the things that people do in a relationship and I say that to say that not everybody is going to understand nor have the perspective that the next person has. And we have to understand as people that in any relationship you're in, whether you're in a friendship, whether you're in a marriage, whether you are dating whether you are um, a domesticated um, domesticated lovers, um, even if you are strangers and people that just come across each other at any given point in time, um, there's never gonna be a true balance in regards to the give and take in a relationship there's going to always be somebody that's going to need a little more. There's going to be some people that don't need as much. There's going to be some people who um, expect a little more. There's going to be some people that don't expect as much. Um, there's going to be some people that are a lot more dependent on you in regards to the things and, and capacity to the things that you can do and um, what you offer. There are some pe some people that are going to be completely independent of that. Um, it varies from person to person. We can't go into relationships, um, especially if we are um, marking those relationships as a counteract as a as it counteracts to previous relationships that we've been in. And I think that's one of the the brownie points that I want to engage in first. Never, ever judge your next relationship based on the experiences and um, the lessons and the things that you derived from your previous, your previous relationship. You see a lot of people who bring a lot of baggage from their, from their previous relationship. And the problem with baggage and I think the problem that most people have when they have descended from a, a, a previous relationship or a, re a relationship that didn't go as expected is that it's like taking a flight somewhere and the relationship be the vacation. Let's say you're taking a flight somewhere and you're going on vacation. And in the metaphor, the vacation signifies the relationship that you're in. Once, you know, 
once that relationship has reached its high point and you've gotten the excitement out of it and that relationship seemingly doesn't work out, that vacation is over. And now you have to travel back with all of your baggage and everything that you took from the, like the baggage that you took into the relationship, along with the baggage that you are taking back with you from that vacation or from that relationship. And now you're bringing that back home with you. And like many people out in the world, we hate to unpack. We hate to go through and put things in their place. We hate having to put things where they go. And eventually, it's something that we know that we have to do, especially in a relationship. But the problem comes when people are just, they're unwilling to pack. They stay ready to go, jump into the next vacation or jump into the next relationship. And that's the problem. So, I'm sorry. Um, so, that, that's, a, that's a big thing. Um, you have to learn to be able to unpack um, the things that you have from a relationship that may have went awry. And you have to learn what baggage is there. Some people don't even know what things they're bringing back with them until they've gotten into the next relationship and realize that they brought this from that relationship and now they're using that in this relationship and that relationship is failing. So um, just in that metaphor, we have, to, we have to understand and examine the things that make us um, that make us the way that we are in relationships. And we have to understand that everything that that creates the, or personifies us in our relationship um, is, is the sentiment of what we define relationships as and our expectations in those relationships. Um, one thing that I have always understood about relationships is that it doesn't matter what you do in those relationships and with those people that you're with and for those people that you're with. Um, if their perspective of you doesn't match the expectation that they have in the relationship, it makes no difference how much love, how much effort, how much trust, how much respect how much gifts, how much um, physical, um, how many things that you may alleviate for that person if that perspective doesn't meet the expectation of the relationship in which they're hoping to see, then the relationship is not going to work. Um, I've found myself as a person just because my innate, um, my innate ability is to to try to outwork any and everybody. So in my relationship and in my marriage, um, I'm trying to work as hard as I possibly can to not only make my wife feel like, you know, she has somebody that does everything to support her and has a person that 
you know, does everything to, to be a good parent, to be a good father, um, to be a good provider, to be a good lover, to be a good person in a relationship. Um, but that's just my general practition as a person. And that's just how I've always been. And it just kind of falls over into the relationships that I have and the friendships that I have. Um, but um, like I said before, it's it's all about the perspective in which they see. It matters none what my perspective is and what I'm doing. It matters what the perspective of the person is with you. Because at the end of the day, the relationship can only work if there is a common basis between the two individuals. If there's a commonality in function for the relationship to, to exceed the longevity in which it's going to be effective. Um, that's one thing I don't think a lot of people think about um, when we're talking about relationships. There's a lot of people out in the world who who are okay being single. And my advice to those people is stay single as long as it's possible for you to understand what it takes for you to be in a relationship that is going to be effective, meaningful, and um, and going to be equitable in regards to um, you being understood, your feelings being understood, you getting the support that you need, and you giving the support and um, understanding to those that you're with. Um, and I say that um, because I've always told people um, when people ask me um, about relationship advice and what they should do in relationships when they're or why they don't have relationships and what they should do in order to get a relationship. Um, my first thing is if you're single, then um, that is not a that is not a death sentence. Being single and being by yourself and not, you know, and even going as far as not dating or not being in a relationship that is not um that's not to be looked at as a negative thing um there's some people out there that you know when they're single they live their lives to the fullest and they do things you know for themselves and when they're ready to get in a relationship and they feel like they're emotionally stable enough to do it then they get into a relationship and usually those people have it pan out because now they have an expectation they they um, they have developed a synopsis of the type of people or person that they want to be with, the type of friends and people that they want to be around. Um, they have expectations for the things that they want in the relationship. And they can gauge it based off the things that they see when they encounter the people that they're around. Um, the problem, I believe, is in that in that development i have a lot of people who are too they're too hung up on wanting to be in a relationship wanting to be dating wanting to have you know sexual encounters wanting to have the affection wanting to have a bunch of girls or a bunch of guys on them and i can honestly tell you coming from both sides of the spectrum that it means nothing it's completely and utterly irrelevant 
to your understanding of the relationship and how you are going to make the relationship as beneficial as possible for you. Um, so in saying that, um, one of the, probably one of the best pieces of advice for somebody that is looking for a relationship, um, and it, it seems, it would seem simplistic in, and it, it can seem a little shallow, but to me it makes sense because it alleviates a lot of the, the complexities of expectation for a relationship, especially when you're in the beginning stages of getting to know somebody. Um, one of the things that I'm big on is if you are dating or if you're a person wanting to date, um, generally try to find somebody who is in the same the same predicament, the same um, kind of in the same path, more or less as you. Um, and let me kind of preface that with um, I'm talking about people that, you know, if you are a single a single person and you don't have kids and um, you don't have any, you know, responsibilities or people relying on you, then you might want to find a path with somebody who's in that same type of, you know, mentality where they may not have kids or things like that. Because one thing that I've noticed in a lot of relationships is that people purely base the relationship off of the physicality or the attractiveness of the person. And they choose to date that person based on those things, but they never realize or it never comes to mind the baggage that that person brings with them up until they've gotten deep into the relationship and they've invested themselves emotionally and then they come to find out that the relationship was never going to work in the first place because they weren't in a common ground to where it where they could build something with the things that they had. And that's the thing um, about a relationship. It's coming together at a construction site. I'm going to use another metaphor. It's you. You guys are both construction workers and it's coming to a site where you have materials and tools and things where you guys are both collectively trying to build a foundation to where you can eventually build something that is going to hold and be sustainable. And if you're both coming to the site with a different vision or you guys are coming with a different type of expertise or a different type of understanding in which you're trying to build something, then you guys are both gonna be off of the same page. And that's why I said, I think it's monumental to understand at the dating and at the single stage the expectation in which you want somebody to be with and what things you are willing to one um, put up with in regards to the relationship and the people that you're around and the things that are going to be red lights or kind of a no-go for you um, when you are thinking of somebody that you want to be in a relationship with or somebody that you're dating. Um, I think it's important to, I think it's important to be a lot more complex in your thinking of relationships as opposed to being simplistic and um, 
and just um, generic in the way that you think of relationships. I think once you've gotten through the depths of kind of thinking of different scenarios as to what things you would like in a relationship, I think it makes it a lot more simple when you get out there and you start dating and you start meeting people and you start figuring out what you want. And I, I think in that, and just kind of in what I described in regards to some of the things that are experienced in the relationships, um, you have to understand that when you are single and when you're dating, communication is probably one of your only allies um i'm a bit i'm a big advocate for asking questions in the synopsis of any relationship if you are not questioning um different things in the relationship if you are not trying to better the relationship if you're not trying to find in-depth um analysis about where the relationship is going, how things are working out in the relationship, what things can you and your significant other do better to better the relationship, to strengthen the foundation of the relationship, then um, I find it very hard for the relationship to find any longevity in it. Um, and th that's that's not to say that oh, go and, you know, investigate this person and grill them, you know, like it's an interrogation. But sometimes you got to do that in order to get the answers that you want from the people that you would like to invest your time and invest your emotions and your love in. But then you also have to understand, too, that emotional stability is a real thing. Um, if you are emotionally unstable, and you jump from relationship to relationship without um, without that kind of that time in limbo to really get your emotions in check, then every relationship that you get into or you hope to get into is going to fail. Um, I remember when I was in college, um, a lot of people, including some of people that I looked up to, thought me to be emotionally unavailable. Um, and at that time I took that to offense, um, just because I took it as I was a robot and I didn't care about anything and nothing meant anything to me, but I had to have it explained to me what it meant. And it made sense to me because what they were saying was, it wasn't saying that I was, you know, the void of emotions. It was to say that my emotions were so, so deep inside of myself that I didn't have a means to express them um, in a relationship or in, you know, to individuals that I, you know, may have liked or, you know, been in, you know, in like of because I didn't have the outlet to be able to understand my emotions and to understand why they were so sacred to me and why they were so bottled up inside. And once I figured that out, and once I realized that I didn't have to, I didn't have to put my emotions in a sarcophagus and a pyramid and booby trap everything um, in order, you know, 
for somebody to realize that they were there. And once I realized that, um, I learned to kind of lay out all my baggage um, and understand why that baggage was there. And I put it away and I learned to, to, to put it away. And that's not to say that even in unpacking everything and all the baggage that you have, that's not even to say that you may understand all of the baggage that you have. You may not, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're not in a good place or that you can't get in a relationship. It's better to do that. It's better to at least unpack your things and not have a place for it than to keep it all packed and not know what you have until the relationships come about. Um, and that's just how I've always seen it to be. Um, and like I said, this is all from my perspective. Um, I'm just hitting on notes of things that I see and things that, um, that are relevant to kind of um, this analysis of relationship and finding ultimately um, the people that we want to be with and ultimately finding love. Um, one of the, the, the purposes of um, this podcast and this particular episode is that I want people to understand that in any relationship or any given relationship that you're in, it doesn't necessarily make a difference what things you're doing, what personality you bring to the table, what your temperament, um, the psychology behind the way that you think. Um, none of that necessarily matters um, over the fact of understanding your role and your responsibility in the relationship. Um, some of those things people don't necessarily understand. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who relies on you for support and you don't understand your role as being the supportive person, then the relationship is not gonna work. If you're in a relationship with someone who um, who may have trust issues, but you decide to kind of invest your time and invest your efforts to be with this person, then your responsibility and your role to that person, if you have made um, a commitment to this person, is to make you know is to make yourself be as trustworthy as possible, so that you don't put uh, set that person back but you can kind of help them in their journey to being, to being able to move forward with trust and being able to trust people. Um, one thing that has to be understood is that no matter what relationship you get into, people are gonna have baggage. And, um, and that's just how it is. Some people are going to have uh, uh, a ton of luggage, a ton of baggage with them that they bring to every relationship. And that just, and that may just be how they carry themselves. There's going to be some people that, you know, they got a carry on bag and that's it. Um, it, it really just depends on the person. It also depends on the capacity for that person to unpackage the things that they, they have. Um, so in saying all of that, understand the perspective 
that the people around you or the people that you're in a relationship with or the people that you hope to be in a relationship with understand their perspective and their expectation of the relationship before you invest um, your emotions, your time and your commitment to that person. Um, if you want the relationship to be successful, that is. Um, if you're a person out there who's just um, experimenting, um, make sure you make that apparent. Um, there's a lot of people out there that don't make their intentions apparent. And if you don't make your intentions apparent in the relationships, then a lot of people assume that they're supposed to be emotionally invested because you seemingly look like you're making a commitment and may not be. Um, so those are my big things. And like I said before, um, find yourself a person if you are a single person and, you, and you're looking find somebody that is in the same mental space as you um that is in some of the same positions in regards to where they're at in life as you are um that makes a lot of the baggage a lot more bearable um to handle and also understand the things that you can handle and can't handle in a relationship and the type of people and personalities that you can't handle um, I think a lot of that has to do with the communication part. And like I said before, um, if it takes asking a million questions to somebody that you believe you may have a connection with, then it's best to do that than not to ask anything at all. Um, like I said, um, probably for every person that I've ever, you know, talked to or liked, been in love with, um, I've asked a lot of questions and I asked a lot of hard hitting questions too. Did I come off crazy at times? Yes. But at the same time, I was the type of person that needed to be sure. And even in relationships, you're never sure. But if you ask enough questions, you get a lot more comfortable if the answers that you're getting um, are, are kind of checking off expectations for whether you want to pursue that person or whether you want to chill and, you know, find something different so think about it in your escapades and relationships and also kind of take note of the things that you want to see in your relationship as well as um make mental notes of the people that you're dating and the things that they do that is great and the things that they don't do um a lot of that stuff um i, I know it sounds corny but a lot of that stuff really does help in um, you excavating and um, enduring some of the relationships. And also understand that your time is valuable in a relationship. So if you're investing time in somebody that doesn't value your time and value the, the commitment that it took for you to invest, then those are probably not the people that you um, want to place value on in regards to your investments because relationships are investments. You are investing um, your time, you're investing your emotions, you're investing you, um, your, your thinking, your cognition, you're investing even money, you're investing you know, a lot of things in order for the relationship to have some type of longevity. Um, so think about those things when you're in a relationship and um, understand that it's all about perspective and it's all about the expectation of 
you both collectively in a relationship. And that's going to determine whether the relationship works or whether it's going to be ineffective and kind of not work over time. So think about it. the next step in talking about kind of um the synopsis of relationships is obviously when we think of relationships when that key phrase is kind of um set out in the world um we automatically go to romantic relationships and i think romantic relationships is kind of the the prevalent um the prevalent outlook of how we think of relationships because i think it's the pinnacle of how people come about um, expressing their true selves and their um, kind of their true engagement and their true kind of persona is in romantic relationships. I think a lot of people say that a lot of people in relationships can be fake or you know they're not really them. They're just trying to impress. I, I think it's, I, I actually think it's the opposite. I think when people find themselves um, with the feeling that they want to be intimate, affectionate, romantic with um, somebody that they like or hope to love, I think that's when all of the walls and all of the barriers and all of the blockades kind of fall down and they really and truly are themselves. I think in everyday life, we all have some type of facade or some type of, you know, barrier to our true selves. And I think a lot of people kind of let those barriers down when they're in a romantic relationship because I think the significance of letting somebody completely in is kind of the catalyst for... um the relationship to be um, not only unique, but to be, um, to kind of be personalized with that individual or the significant other that um, you hope to be with. And not only that, it's kind of a gesture of um, vulnerability to show that person that, I can't be like this with anybody else, but I can be like this for you. And I will be whatever it is that you want me to be in this relationship as long as you are mindful and um, cognizant of my feelings and my emotions and what I bring to the table. And and I, I think a lot of that kind of falls in that. So. Um, I think it's the opposite in relationships and romantic relationships, particularly that um, people are more prone to to open themselves up completely um, when they know that love is at stake. Um, so in saying that, um, there's some things that I believe to be key in um, romantic relationships. And for each one, I'm going to describe for myself just because there's some things on here that I'm clearly not good at and I'm in a marriage. And there's some things that I feel myself to be great at. Um, 
Mm-hmm. The first thing um, I think when you're in a romantic relationship is um, is kind of verbalizing how you feel. Um, that can be in the simplicity of saying I love you. That can be in the simplicity of saying I care about you. Um, that can be in the simplicity of um, telling somebody what they mean to you and what you mean to them. Um, in that you, it, it's a it's a point of transparency. It's letting somebody into the world into your cognition of how you think about that person on a day-to-day basis and what comes to mind when that person's um, when that when the thought of that person comes up and kind of flutters in your mind um, so I think it's important to be transparent and explicit in verbalizing those feelings um, to the person that you're with um, I'm a big advocate of transparency um, I, I, I'm gonna always say that um, I do however not necessarily struggle with verbalizing how I feel um, but I'm a person of kind of um, I can write it better than I can say it I, I'm that person if I want to say I love you I have to write it in this big poem to let you know in the most perfect way how I love you and why I love you. And um, I mean, quite honestly, that that bothers my wife a little bit because I'm not simplistic in how I say I love someone. Um, I have to kind of go above and beyond that because I think I love you can sound cliche. And I think in this generation and I think in how relationships have been glorified people just jump to I love you um, as a means of kind of securing the relationship, not necessarily securing the love that's supposed to be meant for it, but just securing the relationship and ensuring that they not be lonely. So it's not kind of a catch word as opposed to a word with meaning or a phrase with meaning. Um, so I, I do say I love you to my wife, but I rather i rather express it in a way that shows her in detail. This is how I love you and why I love you. So I think that's the first thing. Um, whatever feelings you have about somebody in a relationship, in a romantic relationship, be transparent about them. Um, don't ever let a person wonder how you feel about them in a romantic relationship. That can be some of the worst thoughts that a person can come about especially if you're a person um that may be like myself i'm not extremely like wordy in that type of way i'm not a i'm not a simp i'm just like i'm not that person (laughs) it's just i'm not that type of person but i i can write it down for you i can do things and show you why i love you how i love you and what it means to love you um and what it means to care about you and how significant you are to my life. I'm that person. Um, It's a different type of transparency, obviously, but um, I do make it clear to that person. Um, So in those instances, be clear about how you feel about somebody. Um, You don't have to go above and beyond and let somebody know how you feel. You can simply tell them. Um, That person won't be embarrassed. That person won't be upset. I think they'll be more upset if you're not expressing to that person um, as often as possible what you feel about them. 
Um, the next thing is um, show affection. Um, this is one that I struggle with. I come from a background where, you know, one, I'm from a single parent home and my mom, you know, raising three boys, um, she wasn't very affectionate towards us. And, um, and when she was affectionate towards us, I felt like it was hard for her to be that. Um, and I think it's because she didn't want us to develop the type of skin that she had when she was with my dad and the relationship didn't work out as it was supposed to or in her mind as it did. And that broke her. And I think she, you know, subconsciously, I think she acted that way and kind of brought that baggage in raising us um, to ensure that we had thicker skin in relationships and that we didn't give anybody the that much power over our emotions as she did with my father. Um, so that just just kind of how I was raised, and that's kind of how I am now. Like, and I have to make a conscious effort to really be affectionate with, you know, with people and with my wife particularly. Um, give her hugs, give her kisses, um, and things of that nature. Um, just because it's harder for me to to just do it all off off a whim and, and I really have to make a conscious effort to do that. Um, and even sometimes with my children, um, just making a, a conscious effort to give them hugs, give them kisses, tell them I love them, um, you know, hold their hands, um, you know, and just things of that nature. Um, but in a romantic relationship, you have to show affection. You have to um, not only say it out loud, but you also have to implement that in action and you have to, you know, show it in your physicality because physical intimacy and physical touch is just as important as, you know, mental and, you know, words. Um, and it's a balance between both of them in regards to the relationship being able to work well. Because there's some people out there, um, and we'll, I'll get into that next in regards to their love language, where they need to be, they need to feel like um, they need to feel their physical intimacy. They need to have somebody touch them. They need they need kisses. They need hugs. Um, they need to hold hands. There's you know people out there. Um, words of affirmation same thing there's people that need to hear that um that they're loved that they're cared about and things of that nature but we'll get to that in you know in a moment but um showing some affection um that goes a long way in those relationships um showing appreciation um to um the person that you're with or in the relationships that you're in um i think this goes without saying um this is one that I can sometimes struggle with. Um, I come, I come from a, you know, I come from a place and a background where, you know, I was always the person that showed appreciation to everyone around me. And even now, like I show appreciation to everyone and to all of the people that have helped me along the way and my friendships and, you know, um, my work relationships and people that have kind of just shown me the way. 
Um, but it's hard to maintain showing that appreciation on a regulatory basis when people don't show you appreciation. Um, and the reason why I say I struggle with this particularly is because in my mind, and I'm just going to be transparent with you from my perspective, if, um, we're talking about my marriage and my relationship, um, I don't always feel like I'm appreciated for all of the things that I do or that I've done for my wife. Um, the things that I do in regards to providing for my children, the things that I do for, you know, all of the, the, the things that I do, you know, in the household that I've, you know, I live, I live in. And I, and that's just from my perspective. And it's not to say that my wife doesn't appreciate me, but I don't think she understands that that is something that, you know, from every now and then it is good to hear. It's good to know. And I don't necessarily know all of the time um, and feel like I'm being appreciated for everything that I do. Because like I said, I pride myself off, off of my diligence in a relationship. I'm working harder every day to ensure that the things in my relationship and the things in my household and um, my children, the love, and every facet of our existence together, um, I'm working hard to keep it connected and like I said it's perspective so and from my perspective I just don't get that appreciation or get the appreciation that I feel is expected in the diligence that I'm working with and the things that I'm doing but um that that's just me um but regardless of the regardless of that in any any account whether whatever relationship you're in and your initial bonding to that person you always want to make sure that you are making that person feel appreciated for whatever they do um and it can be something minuscule it can be something you know a lot more significant but regardless of that nature um make those around you feel appreciated and if you make that person feel appreciated they're gonna work 10 times as harder um knowing that you um that you are recognizing and are acknowledging the things that they do um one of the big things that i kind of talked about earlier is um being able to kind of uncensor yourself and being able to share who you are there's a lot of people out there that are willing, that are not willing to share who they are, but want to have the relationship. And it's hard to do that. It's virtually impossible. Um, and even more so improbable. Um, you can't have a relationship without letting that person into the world that you have conjured up to understand why your existence is the way that it is. Um, in a romantic relationship, if you're not, if you're not placing importance on letting that person know or the person that you hope to love, what your dreams are, the things you like and you dislike, 
um, what you fear, um, things that you want to achieve, things that you have um, done correctly, mistakes that you have made in the past. Um, I think all of that stuff is important. And it's not just to highlight the great, but it's also to um, acknowledge the the flaws that you have and acknowledge that um that you're not um that you're not infallible like that there are things that you have done that are not necessarily the greatest of things but you're learning from them as you go just as we all are we all have our flaws we all have our things that we're not proud of um things that we've done in our past that we're not proud of we have made mistakes we're, we're all there um but you want to highlight those things because you want the person to be able to trust that you are being genuine and you are being honest and honesty falls into that when you're sharing yourself you're being honest about who you are and the things that kind of encompass who you are and what you are um, because that's going to dictate the foundation of the relationship um, and what you guys found your connectedness on is how you share yourself. There's some people that share, they share bits and pieces. They don't necessarily connect their story. Um, there's people out there who share nothing of themselves, but kind of share a facade of what, of what they think the perspective of the person that they're with is going to think of them. And you're lying. You're lying to that person. There's people out there who who share everything about themselves. And that may overwhelm some people. So you have to kind of gauge where you're at in the relationship. If you are completely and utterly in a committed relationship and you haven't shared 90% of who you are in that relationship, then there may be some things that you have to evaluate about yourself. Um, if you're in a relationship and it's in the beginning stages and you've shared virtually everything about you, um, then there may be some things you need to evaluate as well. Um, relationships can be... Um, it's important to understand the parameters in which you understand what things need to absolutely be shared and what things need to be experienced. And, and, and I'll put it that way because some things you can tell a person, but it's one thing to tell a person and them experience it with you. It's another thing to experience something with a person and them tell you. There's a lot of things that I can share about myself right now, but it doesn't, some of those things, it may not, do due diligence as opposed to me showing you and sharing by showing. Um, so in any case, um, it's important to share who you are. Let people know who you are, what you are, what you stand for, what you stand by. And, um, and that's going to be much more beneficial to somebody who's wanting to get to know you. Um, the next one is um, be there for um, be there for your significant other. Um, this has to do with being supportive, um, being sympathetic towards their needs, being um, empathetic towards the things that they're going through, 
um, engaging your commitment. Um, obviously, in life, we are going to face different challenges. They may be individual challenges. They may be in a collective in our relationships. Um, we all have to understand that our support and being supportive of others in a romantic relationship lets us know and lets the person that you're in love with or the person that you care about know that you value the things that upset them. You value the things that make them happy. You value the challenges that have them weary. And you're taking it upon yourself to be a support system for that person to be able to get through all of those things. Um, and, and, and it helps. Um, I think in any case, in any romantic relationship, if you don't necessarily know what to say, um, you don't necessarily have to know what to say. You being there, you offering your support, simply being there, being present, um, is kind of all of the um, justification that you need for somebody to believe that you're for real. Um, and in any romantic relationship, that's what a lot of people want. They want you to be present. They want you, they want to know that you care and you reiterate that by letting people know that you're there, showing them that you're supportive of anything that they do. Sure that you place value on who they are and what they go through. Um, that's one thing that I do believe myself to be good at is being supportive. Um, give gifts. Eh. Um, I, I do like to give gifts. Um, I'm not going to downplay this one, but giving gifts, um, it can be more or less irrelevant to romantic relationships. Of course, people like to receive things. Um, but I think the gift is not necessarily the the end point or the conversation i believe the the gesture itself is what's so is what's much more meaningful um one thing that i know about a lot of people in relationships a lot of people feel the need to have to bombard their significant other with a bunch of gifts um, and a bunch of things to to kind of reiterate the things that they can simply say in words. I don't have to buy you 50 million gifts to tell you I love you. I can simply tell you I love you. Um, I don't have to buy you an expensive car and expensive jewelry to let you know that I care about you and I want you to stay with me. I want you to stay with me because I care about you and I love you. Um, so that one can get tricky. Um, do I buy gifts for my wife? Of course. Um, I think it's cool when you surprise people with gifts out of nowhere. And like I said, it it falls under the gesture. But if you're a person that gives people gifts or you're trying to court somebody and you're giving them a bunch of gifts, then what you're doing is two things. One, you're setting the expectation that, hey, you know, if you're with me, then look at all of the things that you can have with me, which can go either way. 
um, in a relationship or you may make somebody accustomed to being able to get all of this stuff and the reality is you may not be able to afford that and that might just be your sequence of courting um so you have to be clear in those things because giving gifts can get tricky depending on the stage in which you're in the relationship now if you're married like me then it really doesn't make a difference but if you're a person that's single or you're out there dating then you want to be a little more mindful of the gesture in regards to um, giving gifts. Um, one of the things uh, I think this is probably the most important um, and it's probably one of the things that um, ends relationships and kind of alleviates longevity in them is um, being able to respond um, gracefully to the demands and shortcomings of the people that we're with. Um, one thing that people have to understand is that expectations in a relationship um, are created by a person based on what they've seen, what they've gone through, and what they hope to alleviate in the next relationship. Some people have unreasonable expectations. Some people don't have any expectations at all. And some people are kind of, you know, right in the middle where they have expectations but are willing to compromise some things in order um, for the relationship to be existent in their lives. Um, you have to understand the shortcomings of the people that you're with. And this goes back to understanding flaws. There is no perfect person out in the world. There is no person without failure. There is no person without folly. Um, we all have our insecurities. We all have our weaknesses. And we essentially have things um, that we may not want to highlight as, as people and as people in a relationship. But they exist. Um, learning to recognize and, and appreciate those quirks or those flaws or those things that make up that person, um, it alleviates the challenge of one having to, you know, fight with that person about their shortcomings or fight with that person about their expectations um, and ultimately ending a relationship um, because we didn't take the time to appreciate those things. Um, insecurities is big. Everybody has insecurities. Um, we have to just accentuate the things that are best about the people around us. In a romantic relationship, you have to accentuate the things that are best about that person. Um, and that, that's just how it is. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty good at that in my marriage. Um, my wife, she can come off as very insecure about certain things as far as her body, um, as far as some of the things that she think, um, her intelligence level in comparison to mine, um, and just kind of her general ability um, in our relationship. And I think she, um, I think she over sensationalizes who I am as a person at times. Um, and I have to kind of bring her back to earth and let her know that we all have flaws, we all have insecurities. And like I said before, I'm very transparent about 
my insecurities and the things that I'm insecure about and my flaws and um, helping her to understand that about me is going to help her to understand it in herself. Um, so that's a good one. Um, making alone time. Uh, this one is extremely complicated, um, especially for me having four kids, um, having a career, working full time, my wife working full time. Um, it's very hard for us to make time for each other. And, um, and, I, and I feel like a lot of people who have and live busy lives have a hard time doing that. Um, whether they have kids or not, if you live a busy life where you're just always on the go, um, it's, it's sometimes it's hard and sometimes it can create a, a, um, it can create distance between you. And I've felt that plenty of times in my marriage and with my wife, um, having to work, um, coaching, um, and, you know, trying to find my, um, find my means to make an impact in the world. Um, that can, that can create barriers. Um, so I think it's a, a great priority to be able to make alone time for you. So for you and that person that you're with, um, going on dates, going on outings where it's just you and that person. Um, it may even just be times where, you know, my kids are asleep and it's just me and her just having a conversation, talking, communicating, talking about our day, um, talking about some of you know, the things that we, you know, we read about, um, some of our fears, um, some of the feelings we have, um, that's all alone time and that's all, um, priority. Um, and I believe that alone time is what makes the relationship not only stronger, but it makes it a lot more valuable in that time. And, um, time is short and, you you need to be able to value your time with those people that you're with um, and be able to commit to making time with that person. Um, like I said, I'm guilty of not being, you know, the best at this, um, but I do my best um, and I, you know, I definitely make it a priority when I'm able to. Um, and one of the last things is take nothing for granted um always kind of cultivate a a sense of gratification and gratitude towards the person that you're with and be blessed and happy that there's somebody out in the world who is willing and committed to sharing their life with you um i thank the lord every day for my wife jessica and um Though we may, you know, have be at odds and though we may have arguments and though we may have disagreements, that does not downplay how much I love her. That does not downplay the fact that I do value who she is and value her in my life as a person. Um, and that doesn't downplay the relationship that we have. Um, I think, you know, outside of our our individual flaws and the things that we may engage in um, that may come off to be a detriment to the relationship. I, I think we are on a even playing field to where there is equity, there is equality um, for the most part. 
in the things that we do and what we contribute to the relationship. And I think in any romantic relationship, if you feel that there is things that complement you and you complement them, then you're going to find you're going to find some type of balance in that. And um, like I said, it won't be completely 50-50, but as long as there's an attempt or you guys are thriving together and striving for that balance and striving for that equality in the relationship, then you're going to find longevity in that. And um, me and my wife, we've been together for 11 years, um, been married for almost four. So, um, so definitely, um, we've found the recipe to longevity and we've found the things that um, that are considerably important to us in the relationship working. Um, obviously, love is the foundation in which we work, so we're able to build upon that. Um, and um, we're able to kind of find ourselves in a, in a better place because of it. Um, so in, in kind of going through all of um, those keys to romantic relationships and its successfulness, um, we have to understand that, and this will be my brownie point to this, we have to understand that um, not every point in our relationship to make it successful that we're going to be absolutely good at. There, um, in a relationship, we're constantly trying to make ourselves better. If we're not trying to make ourselves better in the relationship and better to one another, and we find stagnation in that, then that means the relationship is not motivating us to be better. And the relationship should motivate you to want to do better, to be better, and to achieve better for the person that you want to be with and to show that person that you value them so much that you're going to work that much harder for the relationship and for the love. Um, and that's just, in my perspective, what I believe to be. Um, there should never be stagnation. There should never, or there should never be stagnation um, in your attempts to want to be better in the romantic relationship um, that you're in. There should never be, um, and that's my brownie point for that. So think about those points, and also think to yourself the things that you do correctly, and some of the things that you may need to work on yourself in whatever relationship you're in. That could be a marriage. That could be um, in your attempts in dating. Um, you may just be in the stage of courting somebody, any of those things. If you're just a person that's single and you're not looking to date or anything like that, um, look at some of the things that you can work on individually. And in that way, when you get in the relationship that you hope to see, um, that you'll have those things more or less mastered or understood in comprehension to the relationship that you want. So think about it. So kind of my next thing that I want to talk about, um, and this is, this has become kind of a universal thing. Um, it's, you know, if you haven't read the book, it's, you know, the five, the five love languages and kind of what they mean. Um, I think this has become more of a universal thing because um, ultimately there are five universal love languages that people fall under the category of. Um, so, of course, you have words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, 
um, quality time and physical touch. Um, for me, I, I believe my love language um, is words of affirmation. Um, that's just always been my thing. Um, I like to be told, you know, the things that I'm doing correctly. I like when people acknowledge some of the things that happen with me um, in regards to um, compliments and some of the things that I do and, you know, just simple praise for the things that I do. Um, because I feel like, like I said, um, I feel like I work extremely hard and I feel um, like I'm a very diligent person. And when I'm recognized for my diligence, um, it makes me, you know, want to work, you know, 20 times harder. And for me, that would be my love language. So if, if anybody who comes across me, and I think my wife knows that too about me, um, she does compliment me a lot on a lot of the things that I do. Um, and, you know, it makes me feel good because it makes me feel like, you know, she understands um, everything that I do and, you know, acknowledges that for me. Um, so that's kind of my love, my love language. Um, I do believe for my wife, I believe she is physical touch. Um, I believe she is a person, and that's why I said um, this is one that I struggle with. Um, she she loves to be hugged. She loves to be kissed. Um, she loves holding hands. She loves, I, she just loves the ambient. She loves my ambiance of just being around her, holding her. Um, but like I said, that's the one thing that I struggle with because it, it, I'm not a very affectionate person. So... I, I struggle with it, but I do do my best to accommodate that um, just because I know that that's the way that she expresses her love and how she wants the love to be kind of reciprocated back to her. Um, so I think it's very, you know, I, I think it's interesting for those who, you know, you don't necessarily have to read the book, but the book is a good read and it goes in depth about the five different love languages. Um, if you don't want to read the book, you can just, you know, find a general basis or a general definition for what they mean. Um, and just kind of like find what your love language is. Find a thing that um, out of those five that you're most comfortable with and how you feel like people should express love to you and how you're best able to express love to others. So like I said for myself, um, the love language that, you know, that describes me would be words of affirmation, but the love language that um, I do or I perform would be acts of service. I love to do stuff for people. I love, you know, I love going out and, you know, being altruistic. I love, you know, philanthropic work. I love to, you know, do stuff for my kids. I love to do stuff for my wife. Not because nobody asked me to, just because I, that's how I express my love. Um, I love hearing compliments, but I like to go out and do stuff for people. And so that would be my love language in regards to how I express my love. Um, and like I said before, it, it you know, they're, they're very simple things, but just kind of think about what your persona is and your personality and kind of think about 
the way that you like to be loved and some of the the actions and the things that you know encompass that love and how you you know appropriate yourself in love and then also understanding um how you show your love to other people um like i said you know this is just you know it's a it's a short you know it's a short little thing but it's very it's very monumental to how we are um to be effective in relationships um understanding that and knowing it is going to all the more help you to be um a lot more effective and a lot more happier in your relationship um and like I said, it's, you know, from simple things. These are five simple love languages. And it's things that we do on an everyday basis. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we only fall under the ones that, you know, we fall under. Every single one of us um, at some point in time utilizes every single one of these, you know, love languages. Um, but it's just more so to go in depth with the love language we like to receive and the love language we like to give out to others. I think it's important to know for yourself as well as, you know, your significant other, your spouse, um, the person you're dating, um, any of those things. And it's also a good, um, it's a good icebreaker if you're a person that's dating, um, just to talk about love languages. Um, and like I said, um, I'm, I'm a person that likes to conversate about stuff like this, um, because it's so intriguing to me. Love and relationships are so much intriguing to me and not just from the perspective of um, the relationship but just from a psychological standpoint and from um, just a mental standpoint of how people um, associate themselves or disassociate themselves with relationships and love and kind of the underpinnings to it but um, I think this is really cool um, I would recommend anybody that hasn't kind of researched this to look this up. Um, um, you'll find it to be very interesting and it'll also give you some insight on how you show and receive love as well. But um, like I said, I recommend this for anybody. Um, um, if you can read the book, um, the book is very insightful. It's also a great read. Um, if not, you know, you can get on the internet and you can look up this stuff and kind of get... Um, a concise definition of each love language and kind of um, what where you fall in and expressing to people your love and your understanding of the way you love and the way that you show love. But yeah. Alright, so the last thing that I want to kind of discuss in regards to um, this episode and just talking about our synopsis of relationships is accountability and responsibility in our relationships. That means we have to stop playing the blame game. We have to stop saying or assuming that it's another person's fault as to why the relationship doesn't work or as to why arguments or disputes or tiffs happen in a relationship we have to take responsibility and i think that's extremely important um a lot of people don't want to take ownership and responsibility for their actions but 
it's extremely healthy and it's pertinent to the relationship um, maintaining um, stability and maintaining longevity um, you have to empower yourself to one acknowledge that any actions that you take or don't take in a relationship are going to affect the relationship whether it be negative or positive but it's your responsibility to one create an atmosphere of trust and dependability and um, also to um, create um, for the person that's in the relationship with you you have to be able to reiterate your stability and um, your accountability for the things that you do for your behavior. And you also have to be honest and willing to be vulnerable when it calls for your, um, when it calls for it, to encourage your partner and to show your partner um, that you value them enough to be in these predicaments with that person and with that person only. Um, that's why being responsible and taking responsibility is important. Um, the relationship can't, it, it can't exist without those things. And you have to come to the, real, the realization that some of your behavior in a relationship may be unhealthy. You may also exude, you may also exude behaviors that are completely justified and healthy to um to create a positive to create the positivity necessary in the relationship um codependency um is um a big thing in relationships um and a lot of times you know um it depending on your perspective of that um it it can be it can be enduring for the simple fact that a person trusts you enough to rely on you heavily for a lot of things, or it can be to the detriment of, you know, the relationship, meaning that that person relies on you too much and doesn't take the initiative to be independent for things that they can do. So um, in saying that either way, um, be mindful of that. Um, of that particular thing um, it's okay to rely on your significant other for things but it's also okay to be independent of yourself too and doing some things for yourself um, sometimes being too affectionate can you know can throw your significant other off sometimes not being affectionate at all can throw them off um, sometimes um, not calling out people or the people in your relationships that you're with, not calling them out on things can be a detriment to the relationship. Um, sometimes calling them out all the time for everything that they do can also create um, static intention in the relationship. So in saying all of that, you just have to understand and support the dynamic of the relationship that you're in. In any given relationship, the dynamic is going to always be different. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's an imbalance from relationship to relationship, or it doesn't necessarily mean that my relationship is more balanced than your relationship. It's to say that 
there's going to be different dynamics because there's different individuals that are coming together in a relationship and unifying themselves to um, to create love and affection and the things that we all want in a relationship. Um, we want to instill self-worth and confidence in the people that we're, that we're with. Um, like I said, it, that kind of coincides with the insecurities that people sometimes come with in relationships. And if the relationship is not building you up, it's going to tear you down in those things that you're already insecure about. So we have to also be mindful and responsible when we're communicating and keeping open communication with the people that we're with. Um, I think that's um, a mutual, uh, a mutually important support system is being, is being open and having open communication in the relationship. If you want the relationship to grow, then you have to understand that your communication skills have to be top tier in order for you guys to not only comprehend what the relationship and the dynamic of the relationship is, but also being able to understand each other um, and how your perspective and how your vantage point of the relationship is going. Um, sometimes um, it's important to distinguish when someone is deflecting their responsibilities in the relationship and you have to also discern um defensiveness and sensitivity in relationships um when we're talking about open communication and we're talking about trust and honesty that's when those things come into play um there's people out there that can't take criticism there's people out there who um who would rather deflect um the things that are being told to them. There's people out there that get automatically um, defensive about something that they may be doing wrong. Um, there's people out there that get a lot of things and we, and, it, and in the relationship and in a healthy relationship, we it, it's, it's very crucial and it's critical to learn and understand what your partner needs in order for those mechanisms, for those defense mechanisms, not to exist in the manner that they do. Um, that's not only on the responsibility of the of your partner, but that's the responsibility of yours too. Um, like, because if a person feels defensive and we're in a relationship, it's not just, oh, that person's defensive because I said something. Um, it's also your responsibility to um, to one, be be mindful of that. Um, you, you have to be tactful in any event, in any relationship that you're in. Um, but it's not just to it's not just to be tactful, but it's also to make sure that you're still um, standing by being honest and also being supportive in your honesty. Um, there's a lot of people that can be brutally honest, but not have a hint of supportiveness in that. You have to be supportive in your honesty um, because that allows for, that allows leeway for that person to grow. And not only for you, but to grow in the relationship with that person. Um, sometimes in relationship, we have to accept blame, even if we, ne 
even if we don't necessarily feel that um, we're to blame for certain things, um, this just means taking responsibility in the part that we played in something. That can be in um, the argument we had. That can be in um, some of the issues that we're having, some of the codependency issues, some of the unhealthy um, things that our relationship is founded on. Um, a lot of these things, um, we have to be able to understand that there is a difference between responsibility and accepting and, and accepting misplaced blame. Um, and like I said, sometimes you may have to just take the blame for some things um, in order to further the conversation of what you can do to make the relationship better. And, um, and also recognizing when you're at fault for some things. There's a lot of people in relationships that are so stubborn as individuals that they don't believe that they've done anything wrong. And I'll be transparent with you, um, in cases, like in certain cases, in certain instances, when I'm at a disagreement with my wife or we're arguing about something, I take that stance as well sometimes. I, I won't take fault or I'm too stubborn to take fault for anything. Um, but, you know, I'm in the wrong for that because it's both of our responsibilities to take fault and to take blame for the things that that kind of um, that came together for that argument or for that quarrel or that fight to, to come to place or to come to fruition. Um, and there's no excuses um, and we can't just ignore it. Um, that's one thing that my wife is infamous for. If we've had an argument and we may not be talking or anything like that, she'll ignore it. She'll try to ignore it. And I'm the type of person that'll bring it back up because I want to not only grow in the relationship, but I also want to understand why the argument came about so I can better be, so I can better be equipped to understand how I need to be in order for that not to happen anymore. Um, so I think that takes a lot of responsibility as well. And um, like I said, just you have to be honest. You have to be honest with those that you're with and you have to also be versatile in your responsibility and in your accountability towards the person that you're with. Um, relationships are not one-sided. Um, and like I said before, it's all about perspective and understanding the perspective of the person you're with is going to empower you to be a lot more accountable and responsible in the way that you act in your behavior and how you exude the love that you're supposed to exude for the person that you love. And um, in order for the foundation of love to exist, you have to also understand that there's going to be times where... Um, arguments and disputes are going to happen but that love should still be there regardless and that and that means not tearing a person down because they disagree with you but understanding that we may not agree on the same thing but I'm gonna love you anyway because I'm committed to being with you and I'm committed to living this life with you so um so that goes as simple as you know, act on a situation and not react. So that means taking the time to think about what's going on in the situation before you 
um, before you warrant a response to it and understanding the perspective. So it requires some thinking on your part. Um, being willing to forgive. Um, forgiveness is ultimately what's going to build trust and accountability in the relationship. Um, but it also, not only does it build trust, but it also um, relinquishes resentment towards that person or relinquishes resentment that you may hold towards somebody. Um, and you don't want that in your relationship because once that happens or once somebody feels like they resent you for certain arguments or things that you said, then it's very hard to climb out of that hole and it, and it may bring demolition to your relationship. Um, and lastly, um, you always want to make sure that you're exuding a willingness to be open with the ideas, the feelings, and emotions of the person that you're with. That is your responsibility as well. And if you want love to love to be existent in the relationship and you want it to grow rather than wither away, then you have to have a willingness and an openness to to um to be open to the thoughts and the feelings of the person that you're with and understand them and not only understand them but empower the person that you're with to to be more um to be more explicit about those feelings towards you um and that, that's really it and that's i mean ultimately my brownie point for that um relationships can be very complicated they can be very um very in depth they can be complex they can be intricate um but if you follow a baseline of simple steps in how you come about the relationship and how you invest in the relationship it all works out at the end um and ultimately you know love is going to conquer all i know it sounds cliche but um if you're in love with somebody then and you truly value them as people you're going to find whatever it takes in order for the relationship to work and you're going to do whatever you need to do to make the relationship find growth and um and you're going to celebrate that and you're going to be you're going to be a lot more happier and you're going to have a healthier relationship because of it um so those are things to think about regardless of what step you're in in a relationship, whether you're dating, whether you're single, whether you're in a committed relationship, um, domestic relationship, um, whether you're, you know, in a partnership, marriage, any of those things. Just think about all of those things and just kind of come up with your own synopsis of what you want in a relationship. Um, it's really going to help you mold yourself as a person to be as suitable as possible for any person that you want to be with and any person you hope to fall in love with um and that's really it that's all i have for you guys today um thank you guys for listening again uh, my name is terrence brown and these are the brownie points